Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And today I've got a very special guest, Logan Ranking. Logan, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate having me. I'm excited for this. So, Logan, we've been kind of working with Harper and kind of looking at infinite banking. And, you know, the more that I kind of got to know you and a little bit about your story, I really wanted to share it with the audience because I just think it's really cool. And I commend you and congratulate you on your success and breaking away from the herd and really doing something in a very big and uncommon way. And I love that you're a young guy doing it because I really want young people in this country to realize that going to work for somebody else for 40 years and saving money in a government plan and doing all that, that's, in my mind, it sounds like financial slavery and uh, it's just not something I'm interested in. So tell us a little bit about you. First of all, tell us where you live, kids, wife, all that kind of stuff. And then tell us a little bit about your, your journey. Yeah. Um, I'm in Wisconsin, uh, two kids, six and a three-year-old. So a lot going on there. And my wife and I actually celebrated our nine-year anniversary yesterday. So happy anniversary. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, and yeah, and I, what I do, um, I like to, I like, uh, to shorten it and, and this is probably why we started talking, but I'm focused on velocitizing my money through businesses. So I want to invest in people. I want to invest in processes and I want to invest in real estate and, and other businesses. So, um, and today I have, um, about 1100 units and a little over a hundred million dollar real estate business, uh, real estate assets. Um, and then a few other businesses. I own, uh, my property management company, um, a coaching business as well. And also, uh, move my money into funding as well to funding other people's real estate investments or businesses. So, but it didn't start like that. I mean, when, when I've, what you guys talk about this a lot, I, I was very uneducated about moving money and, and making your money work hard. Um, I did what a lot of people did as I graduate, I went through school, uh, graduated college and I didn't, I didn't know anybody, uh, wealthier, successful, um, and unfortunately I had that scarcity mindset. So when I graduated college, the first thing I did is the only thing I was taught is, man, I got all this debt from school, so I got to pay it off. So my wife and I worked really, really hard. And that's something we knew how to do. I think that's something a lot of people know how to do. But when I say really hard, I mean, like we ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for six months, right. uh, so, you know, uh, did everything we could to get rid of our, our debt. Because at this time, all we knew was all debt's bad debt. Like that was what, what was in my mind. And then after our debt got paid off, you know, we're both fortunate to be, I was working at a fortune 50 company as a leader and my wife was a nurse. And, um, after we got our debt paid off, the next thing that we were taught, uh, through, uh, our lives were to save money and anything other than saving is put into a 401k. And unfortunately it took me like a year or two of working really, really hard and doing that before I had a wake up call. Cause I've always been like, um, impatient with things in my life. And I, 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 so I was looking, I was tracking, right. I've, luckily I was organized enough to realize 
I was tracking how much we were making every single year, how much we we're growing. Cause I bought, I, I, I knew one thing I, while we liked our jobs, I didn't want to have to working our jobs until we were 60, 65, 70 years old. So as right. I'm tracking this money in my 401k, I kind of felt like we weren't going anywhere. And luckily my boss recommended I read some financial books. Um, and up until this point, by the way, and, and here's something I would tell all your listeners, like I, I didn't read very much through school. Like I read maybe a couple books in college because, and you don't, I was fortunate enough to have a good memory and that's all you really need, unfortunately, is to memorize a few things, but that's not what you need in, in life, right? So you gotta, you gotta be able to apply these things. And, and my key giveaway is, my boss is like, if you read 10 pages a day, you're gonna read one book, at least one book a month, just 10 pages. I'm like, oh, I can do that. That's 12 books a year. And that's what I did. And now, now I read a book a week because I'm obsessed with uh, taking this knowledge and being able to apply it. But back then that was huge for me. And if you read enough personal finance books, the first thing I started to realize is I didn't know what the hell I was doing with my money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, like I said, I was putting into a 401k and, and Jim, I think a lot of people don't realize this, but I, I don't mean to rip on 401ks, but I didn't realize like my, my wife and our goal was like, we're going to work so hard, so hard at our jobs. And I would love to retire around 45, 50. Yeah. When I, when I understood that a 401k that I couldn't take out my own money until I was 59 and a half, yeah. it was, it was life changing. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, this can't, I actually didn't believe the book. Yeah. I honestly started Googling. I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me I put all my hard earned money into a 401k and to get my own money back, you're going to penalize me 13.3%. If I, if I, if I'm somehow successful enough to, to, to draw this at 45 years old, instead of 59 and a half. That was the first thing that killed me. The second was another book said you should be able to control your investment. So I'm like, okay, well, I have very little control since I can't take my own money out, especially if I knew there was going to be a pullback in the market or whatever. Um, and then they, my, my, my company only gave me limited options of where to put my money, right? right. Yeah. So, the, so then the investment book ta- said, well, you need to understand where you're putting your hard-earned money. I'm like, I thought I did. I mean, people told me that over the last hundred years, my, my money should go up this amount of percentage. So I started like, started reading annual reports of where my money in the 401k was being invested. And I'm fine saying this. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't smart enough to truly understand it. Like I'm trying to warn Buffett, my 401k, right? Like I'm trying to understand the intrinsic value of where my money is. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't even, I'm working for a fortune 50 company. I couldn't even understand at the end of the quarter I'm like, wow, my company had a good quarter. All of a sudden my stock dropped. Like it, it, it felt like it was speculation yeah. uh, and gambling where I'm putting my money. Um, and, and like I said, what really killed me is I, I wasn't getting my money now. So I kept reading. I knew the 401k wasn't the right thing. I started to realize investing in stocks wasn't the right thing because I, I couldn't understand it. And you read enough personal finance books. I ran into you know rich dad, poor dad, like a lot of people. And I'm like, well, it's, got, it's real estate. Yeah. You can control it. I mean, I own over 1,100 doors, $100 million worth of real estate. I still don't know how to necessarily fix a toilet, but you can understand it because you can hire someone that can tell you what's wrong with the toilet. Um, it's really hard to hire someone to tell you what's wrong with the company. Um, so, Or what's wrong with the stock market. Exactly, right? Uh, a lot of people so will give you I, their opinion. Exactly, opinions. Um, so, you know, I started the, and then the control was amazing, right? You can, you can control your real estate assets so much more than any other asset. Um, and then what really was awesome is if you buy right, you started to receive that cash flow from day one. 
So I love that the, that the value of the asset uh, was increasing, uh, maybe just like my 401k was, but at the same time, it was paying me now every single month. And that's a life changer when you can really understand. And, and, and not only that, but you can acquire much bigger investments with less of your own money. Like if I wanted to buy, you know, if I, uh, 50, if I suck $50,000 into real estate, I can buy a quarter of a million dollar investment. If I want to put 50,000 in my 401k, I get 50,000 worth in my 401k. So all as right. I started to understand that, um, but it all started with a house, Jim. Like I, I bought, I could find, I put every dollar we had. I had like $7 left in our bank account. My wife trusted me enough and I underwrote the deal. And it said, uh, I, I said uh, to my wife, it should cash flow $3,400 at the end of this year. And I ended up cashing 30, cash flowing $3,300. Now that's not a lot of money, right. but if somebody asked me to come within a hundred dollars of how much I would make in my 401k, there's no way I could do it. And I think there's no way most Americans could do it. And uh, so to be that close got me so excited. It wasn't about the money, but that's where we just doubled down. So, you know, as I'm growing at, at, at my job um, and that's something too, I want to share. Like I didn't like, I, I started investing in real estate. I bought one unit in 2013 in 2014, I bought a duplex, so two units. In 2015, I bought four units, so I'm just doubling. At the same time, I'm still working 60, 70 hours at my nine to five job. Uh, wow. And I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm getting promoted. Um, I, I had the opportunity to lead like enterprise-wide operations across the United States and, and make more and more money. But I did something that I, that I, I, I focused on doing a great job at, at my job, but I focused a little less on getting promoted a little less on making more money. And I focused a little bit more on as I, as I made more money, putting that into these investments and, and reading and educating myself. So it took me three years to buy seven units. It took me in the, in the last four to five years, I'm at 1100 now. So really, really was able to scale. And um, you know, that, that's something that I, I try to teach in my coaching business to a lot of people too, is, you know, I, I think if, if people spent, I watched peers around me at my, at my W2 job before I was able to retire from it, focus all of their energy on getting promoted and making more money. Yeah. But you talk about monopoly all the time. The person with the most money doesn't win the game of monopoly and doesn't win the game of life. So I'm watching all these people just spend an enormous amount of their energy on, 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 that, on, on, on making more money. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you make six digits. I, I, I retired from my job making uh, six, well into the six digit range. But one thing I did differently is I spent, don't spend all of your energy trying to get promoted and making more money. Spend at least half of your energy figuring out, okay, if I am working really hard and I am doing a good job at, um, and I am making more money, how do you take that money that you're making at your W-2 job and putting it into an investment that pays you now? Because the one thing that you don't have when you continue to work your W-2 job is control. So yeah. you gotta, and that's what I did. I think rather successfully is I, I, and that a lot of people don't do is I educated myself on not just working hard and, and being promoted at my current job. I educated myself on taking that hard earned money and making it work even harder for me so that I wasn't dependent on it. And I was able to retire by the time I was 30. And um, I think if more people spent a little less time trying to get promoted and making more money at their job and spent a little bit more time on making sure that they're not, uh, outsourcing their financial literacy to a financial planner and actually like educating their, their selves, they would, they would understand like I did 
that they didn't understand where they're putting their money or they don't understand where they're putting their money. Yeah, you know, I, I love what, what you just said there because there's a couple of things that I think are keys to what you said, okay? Is one, while you were working your job, you created this vision. You were, you were creating a vision and you were saying, if I stay in this job and I get promoted and it goes like this and this and this, and my wife keeps, you know, normally nurses can keep increasing their education and, and their income will go like this. If I do all of that, then I still can't reach my goal, which is to retire when I'm young enough to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, not say, okay, I'm 65. Now I retire and then I live another 20 years and I die. And, you know, like that, 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 so so many people that I talk to, they have a hard time creating that vision. So I want to come back to that in a minute and just maybe if you have some thoughts or tips on how to create that vision in your mind, because if you never would have done that, you're probably still working in that job because you think, well, I'm making good money. I'm supporting my family. My wife's happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. But we're not really changing our mindset and breaking away. Once you broke away, though, like you said, it didn't happen overnight and everything, but then you built momentum, you understood leveraging, which is cool, right? And then it just took off. And, and, and now think about somebody that's sitting in the audience right now listening to this, and let's say they're 25 years old. And we, t if, if our pitch was, hey, you're going to save 20% of what you earn, and you're going to put it in Wall Street, and 40 years from now, you're going to look great. You're going to be wonderful, as long as all of these 15 things don't destroy all your money, right? But don't worry about those 15 things. But uh, Or we said to somebody, hey, you educate yourself, you get, you get coaching, which we'll talk about, You because you basically, what Tony Robbins says is find somebody that has something that you want and, and learn what they did, okay? So don't sit in the audience and say, well, I can't do that. You know, Logan's smarter than me, or he's got luckier than me, or whatever your excuse in your head might pop in there, because Logan, actually, you have an opportunity to contact Logan and, and learn from somebody that did it, right? But if I'm 25, if I'm 65, and I think in 10 years, I can be at some level, and you know, when I'm coaching people, Logan, I always love the person that wants to do better than me, Right. I, I, you know, I'm, I know there's a young person out there in the audience that says, well, if Logan can do it, I can do it. And if I learn from Logan, I can do it even bigger than him and faster than him because I'm learning from somebody and I, I'll avoid some of the mistakes that you, that you, that you learned from. So I love that. The, the, the other thing that I love that you learned early and I call it clue control, like number one, number one, whoever controls the money makes the money control liquidity use and equity, right? So you're building, that's what a bank wants, right? Banks want control, liquidity, use, and they want to build equity. So that's what we should want. All right. So you figured out that I'm building equity. And so my assets are rising in value while they pay me cash flow. So I have a return of cash flow, a return rate of return inside the investments appreciating, and I get tax benefits, right? Now, taxes are going up. The government, government is printing money like it's going out of style, right? How are we going to protect ourselves? Assets that appreciate in value. I can increase rents if I have to because of inflation, right? 
and reduce my tax burden. Hey, we got to fight back. These outside forces that are uh, that they control us to some degree that way, we can't fall into them controlling us 100%. Our money has to work outside of that system. So I love those two things. And you mentioned a couple of books, but the reading thing. You know, I, I grew up in the inner city of Los Angeles. My high school was 11% proficient to California um, standards. Okay, I'm just telling you, I was, I was playing golf yesterday and I was telling a story about a friend of mine and uh, I said he was not part of the 11%, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> so, uh, 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 and, you know, and they said, Jim, are you sure you were? And I'm, and I'm not, I'm, no more comments on that. But when I, when I left Los Angeles, thank goodness, uh, uh, not that I, I love LA, but not where I grew up. And um, is uh, somebody told me, if you read an hour a day, every six weeks, you'll be an expert in whatever topic you're reading, right? Again, I don't know if that's true or not, but at 18 years old, I bought in. And so I thought I got to read an hour a day. I didn't read maybe two books all the way through uh, high school. I mean, no, high school, no, in college, some books, but I started this when I was 18. And um, I started reading an hour a day. And in six weeks, I thought, uh, you know, and I was, I was choosing the wrong things. You can't tell it now, but I ran the Gold's Gyms back then. And I was reading, I read a lot of musclehead books on how to get, you know, how to grow uh, uh, your muscles. And uh, then I, but, but then when I found, like, here I was a financial planner, and I had $700 million under management. So I was pretty good at collecting assets under management. But what I realized, and this is something back to what you said, is I wasn't in control. But my clients, they trusted that I was in control, that they wanted me to do it for them. But I didn't know, because here's the thing, if you take a prospectus, and something that you said, you tear apart just one fund, mm -hmm. why do they need 10 pages to tell you what all the fees are? Exactly. And you could read those 10 pages, but I challenge you to write out then what all your fees are and do the math. Yeah. Because even as a fee-based financial planner, I'm telling you, I don't think I could do that on, I know I couldn't do it on more than a couple of accounts, Yeah. but maybe they're real small and really non-diversified. Maybe I could do it, but that's crazy. So those three things, that vision, control, and then the other thing that I love, uh, and, and I've noticed this from day one talking to you about infinite banking and real estate and everything else that we've talked about, is your organization. And if, if you're not organized, Logan is, then he said something else. Find somebody that is. Your bookkeeper, your assistant, your CPA, they better be that organization. So. Yeah, you can't, you don't, everybody, even if you're lucky enough to slow down and come up with a vision and we can talk about that. Um, but like, if you don't know where you are, you're, you're not going to be able to accurately get where you want to get, you know? And I, I think a lot of people forget that. Like if you are, if you put somebody around you that can give you the reports and you understand how to read the ports, like, I don't care. I sit down with a lot of people and go through their personal finances. It doesn't matter how good or bad they are. It matters that you know where you are. So you can educate yourself to, is it, are you okay with that? And I think that's the part, Jim, most people go through life not understanding exactly where they are and they're, they're hoping, you know, that they head in the right direction. And that financial planner stuff too, like, 
you know, the fees are terrible, but what's even more terrible is like, I, I run into this all the time too. People are, are, are want the, they do not want to take a minute of their time to educate themselves on their financial education. Cause they'll say things like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not that smart either, but like, you don't even try. Um, yeah. People don't even try. So they so the first thing they want to do is they want to pay somebody else to outsource their financial literacy. And then, then that same person, when I'm trying to help them, will not hire a cleaner and outsource cleaning their house because it costs too much money. Right. That's, that's crazy. So instead, so you are going to pay somebody tenfold more to manage the most important thing in your life. The stuff that you work the hardest for, everybody works so hard for their money, but because they don't slow down enough to understand their end goal and, and what they actually want in their vision, you know, they end up outsourcing all that hard earned money. Like I get it, right? Like I work 60, 70 hours a week. My, the Fortune 50 company I worked in was retail. I work nights and weekends. Mm. I understand what it's like to get home. I had two kids and, and you know, be tired. But if you want to break out, you want to break away, you, you know, the name of this podcast, you got to figure out how to outsource the right things and outsource it. And, uh, and, and maybe like, it just kills me. So many people are like, I, there's no way I can hire a cleaner to clean my house. It costs you 50 bucks and you spend that hour on a Friday instead of cleaning your house, spending it with your family or reading a financial book or, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think that's such a big takeaway that I constantly am, I'm trying to preach to people and the vision thing too, Jim, um, I would say, um, that is key. I think we're, we're, we know this, right. We're filled in a world of instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And I think unfortunately, because what our society pushes us to, what school pushes us to, I always have this saying, right. I think in life and, and, and this is what my coaching business is really predicated on because it's a, it's a, it's something that I fell into this trap, right. I feel like we teach people how to get a job education, right. And we teach people how to get a college education. We raise people to get, I call it a job education because we're just raising people to get a job. But what we yeah. don't teach people is how to get a financial education. Yeah. So like slow down for a second, forget everything you've been taught in society and school about getting a job and going to college. And for a second, ask yourself, what do you really want in life and when do you want it? And I think if you come up with that vision, the second thing I would preach to people is at what intensity level are you willing to go get it? Because you got to do both. And that's something my wife and I did really, really well. And if you have a spouse, you got to do that. Because if you're on different pages and like, I, we want to financial freedom at 45. And I was, I was a 10 and my wife was an eight. So we, we talked, that's pretty intense. That's like, you're, we're going to be willing to do the things necessary to go at it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand that. And obviously the first thing that we needed to do was change our routines to educate ourselves because everything we learned up to this point was not going to help us uh, get financial freedom by 45. And we, we end up doing it at 30. So we are, we, that shows you how much I knew at the time we set the goal, <laughs> like nothing, like we could, we, we velocitize a lot faster than I, I understood. But like you said, if you're reading an hour a day, like it's amazing. These people that said they, they don't know anything about financial education. If you just start reading some books, I mean, we're, we live in one of the greatest, if there's one thing that's great, um, and I'd even say, you know, for people with assets, inflation's pretty great too. Um, right. Obviously there's bad things that come along with that too, but we, what's great about the, the, the time uh, that we live in today is that there is, there is information everywhere. 
You just got to take the time to consume it and consume that right, right amount of information. So. You could, yeah, you could, I mean, think of the education you can get for free. I mean, that wasn't available when I was younger, when I was a kid, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that it is available now. But what I love about what you've done is one, I think it's inspiring to young people, but it's also inspiring to people like that I talk to day in and day out that are 60, 55, 60, 65. And they say, hey, I haven't made it as far as I've wanted to make it, but, and I just, you know, I don't want to be working when I'm 75 years old. Okay, you don't have to be. This doesn't take 30 years to build this, right? And what what you talked about in our education system is where we're, we educate people to be highly paid financial slaves, right? And if you don't get an education in the education system, then you're, um, you're not as highly paid, but you're still a financial slave. And, and so what people do is they think, well, as long as I've got my boat and I've got my, and I'm going fishing on the weekends or I'm, I'm going uh, jet skiing or I'm going out in the Gulf or on the ocean, whatever I'm doing for fun to say, okay, at least I can do that. Right. But then they're miserable all during the week. It's, it's somebody mentioned to me the other day about weekends. And I was like, you know, I don't think of it like weekends, you know, like, Today, after this recording, I'm playing golf for the rest of the day, right? And and so, is that a weekend? Well, it's a Thursday. I mean, it's, it sounds it sounds my weekends can start on Thursday, and 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 having that freedom is is really 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 cool. So we've talked a ton about reading, and and um, by the way, Logan, before I forget, again, people, if you you know, we tell people this with infinite banking, the the you got to have a guide, you got to have a coach, right? And that's one of the things that we do. But if you want to know more and see more and talk to Logan and, 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 you know, I think it's cool that you can hire Logan to coach you to your vision, right? So you don't have to learn and read all the same books and everything else that Logan did. You can, Logan, how do they find your, about, find out more about your coaching business? Yeah, uh, we can throw a link at the end of this podcast too, but it's just loganrankin.com. And then uh, follow me on Facebook. It's Logan J. Rankin on Facebook, Instagram. And um, I yeah, I, my, one of my goals this year is to give out a million dollars worth of free content. So wow. even if you don't want to pay for anything, just just follow me. And uh, I have bigger goals for, for you heard the way I kind of, sh- I like to share how I started because I think I'm like a lot of people uh, where I really, I, I didn't understand anything and I was able to speed up, uh, the velocity of my life and what I wanted, but I didn't, I wish I had a better understanding of money when I went to school. And one thing I'm focused on in my life now is building a foundation with my wife and we want to build out curriculum and get it into school. And one of the things that is super challenging, if you don't know a lot about the education space is that a it costs a lot of money which is unfortunate like uh so, but so all the coaching that i do actually goes right into the foundation i don't take a dollar i don't need it my assets pay for my life but the second thing i want to do is i want to i want to build more followers jim um because and i don't even like social media that much but i i want more people to see what i'm doing because at it actually takes influence to break through these political arms in the in the education space to just help people be more aware of what is happening to them. 
Like it's, it's sad to me that a lot of people graduate high school and college and don't understand what inflation even is. Like we have to do more than teaching people how to balance a checkbook, save money and put your money into a 401k. Like we, we have to, and that's what I'm, that's what, like I call this chapter two in my life. That's what I'm laser focused on. And so if you follow my content, that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to work really hard to help everybody. I, and, and you know, adults, I'm going to charge you for my coaching, but I want to, I'm trying to build out on my own dime uh, for free so that I can help kids, you know, go through education and, and at least be more aware of, of money and how to utilize it. Because money is just a tool, right? Dollars right. is useless. We know that, but kids don't. And I think that puts them at an unfair advantage. Absolutely. And, um, so I, that's what I'm really focused on. So, so and I do know, want to touch on one more thing too. Yeah, you yeah, kind of mentioned... Uh, I was just going to say, uh, the, um, la I loved your last podcast. You were talking about, I couldn't stop thinking about this. Um, all your, all these episodes are good, but you're talking about, you remember the river example? Yeah. Yeah. Share the river example again. Cause I wanted to share, this would be good for the viewers. I, I had something else I want to add on it. Yeah. So when, when I was, when I was young, um, and I was, uh, going to rent a house and I was, I had, uh, a, a baby, another one on the way wife and I just moved to Denver not knowing a soul other than my in-laws and by the way they they never became a client of mine but uh uh we we pulled up to this house in Louisville Louisville uh Colorado that we were renting and I'm looking for the owner supposed to meet him here but here's this kind of long-haired scraggly beard guy in like you know a torn t-shirt and and jeans and he's painting and I'm like, hey, do you know when the owner's going to be here? Do you know the owner? And he goes, oh, I'm the owner. And so he came down and started telling me about all these real estate uh, uh, holdings that he had and all these rental properties. And he was just like like a typical Boulder County chill guy, man. He had no worries. I promise you he did not have high blood pressure, right? And I said, oh, this is a good guy. I got to know, like, what's this guy's secret? What is the deal here? And, and I said, and, and so he told me a story and he said, he's, I said, you know, how have you become so successful and how have you done this and everything? And he said, Jim, most people are standing on the, the bank of a river and what they want is on the other side, but they're afraid of the river. They're afraid that they're going to drown. And he said, the secret is you won't, you know, yeah, you're going to get maybe, you know, battered and struggle a little bit getting across the river, but you're going to get across the river. You don't won't let yourself drown. He said, that's the secret. You got to jump in and start swimming. Yeah. I think that's such a, like that, like that analogy hit me. Like I'm going to use that over and over again, because that's, I was thinking about that. Why I'm so passionate about the education space and why I just brought that up is like, we, we know most people do want to get to the other side of the river. And I think we're educated on how to survive on the same side because crossing the river is too risky. Yeah. It's really risky because we choose not to understand it. So now, you know, we teach people how to get a job and live on this side. We teach, you know what I mean? We teach people to go to college and live on this side. Like when that might not be, now that might serve some people, but in, in, instead of being like, well, it's just way too risky. So let's teach everybody how to live on this side of the river. We, we don't. And what I want to tell the listeners is like, what you first need to do to, to get across the other side of the river, what I did is I learned to swim. Nobody knows how to swim. So you got to learn how to swim. And in my opinion, that analogy is, you know, you read books. So re read books, consume knowledge and figure out how to swim. 
think everybody can swim. And then you swim so hard. Like, like if you want to break out of your W2 job, like you got, there's, there's a, I'm not, uh, I, I said this a few times. I'm not the smartest person, but I'll tell you one thing. Nobody will outwork me. You can, you can work as hard as me, but you won't outwork me. So you've got to figure out how to swim. And then once you start educating yourself and now you figure out how to swim and you're swimming to the other side of the river, right? You're getting a taste of the other side of the, of the river. Then what I did is I educated myself and, and I, I uh, bought, I decided to buy a canoe. So you buy a canoe because you can get to the other side of the river faster than swimming. And it's worth the money because if you can get there faster, that time that you saved, you can now invest. And then eventually uh, you start learning that in saving up and investing enough money that you'd buy a boat with a motor because the motor will allow you to get to the other side even faster. I looked at your analogy. I'm like, that's what it is. Like yeah. to get to the other side of the river, you just, you first, you got to swim. Then you're going to get smart enough to buy the canoe. Then you're going to get smart enough to buy the boat. And then eventually like you're just on, you know, on that side and you're hiring other people to go back and forth across the river for you. And um, so, yeah, I love your analogy. So I wanted to share it because it was, it, it's super comparable to what we're talking about. Yeah. And I love, I love the add on to that too. Exactly. You know what? It's funny because sometimes people say, ask me, well, what keeps people on the other side of the river? And I say the noise, the noise from people saying, no, 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 you can't swim. Don't do that. Or the noise that says, no, no, this is where you want to be. This, it's a lot more secure over here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that noise we have to eliminate. So how do you do that? You educate yourself. And I want to ask you uh, like what two books or three books or whatever number that you'd recommend people read. But I want people to, this is probably online somewhere, but Richard Bach um, wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Now, if, this is a book that we had to read when I was a kid. And it's about a seagull that didn't want to just be a seagull, right? Wanted to be more than a seagull. It made a big difference in my life. I didn't realize it at the time. But he wrote a book called Illusions. And, and Richard Bach, he likes to write um, handwritten little story, like in, in Illusions and other books that he's written, before the book starts. And there's a story in there about a creature that... Uh, is in this villages that cling to the roots and the rocks and the, and the, and the stream brings them everything. Bring, you know, it, it, it sustains them and they just stay there their whole lives clinging. And this one creature said, you know, look, if I do that, I'm going to die of boredom. And they laughed at him and said, if you let go, that crystal stream that you worship is going to kill you. It's going to beat you against the rocks until you're dead. He said, well, again, if I stay here, I'm going to die of boredom. So he lets go. Sure, he gets beaten and battered. And, but pretty soon, he starts to glide on the river, right? And he starts to fly down the river, floating. And a little ways down the river, there's this other village. And the village, the, the, the creatures in the village, they say, hallelujah, a savior that looks like us come to save us. And he's like, I'm no savior, but think about it, that's what we do, is the people that have done it and have let go and have broken away, and they're floating, they, you know, we see them as something bigger than us, but they're just like us. They've just taken action. So back to, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of books, Logan, that you'd recommend everybody in the audience read. I'm going to read that one. Uh, that sounds like a good one. I like that. Um, yes. Um, if you're looking for, I love, now I love to read. So I reading a book every week, this is a tough question for me, but so I'll say since 
you got a, a diverse following here. So mindset book, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad or um, Killing Sacred Cow is a pretty good one too. Yep, yep. Um, you know, if it's uh, just like a life book, like business businesses, I love Principles by uh, Life and Work by Ray Dalio or yep. How to Win Friends and Influence Others. You can't go wrong with either one of those. Um, and if it's a real estate book, um, then I would say I love uh, Crushing It in Apartments or... Uh, my boys, Jake and Gino, uh, Wheelbarrow Profits is a very good, like basic first book for people to read. Yeah. Uh, so um, those would be the books I recommend. And then just a shout out to you, Jim, and what you guys are doing, because, you know, we touched on this a little bit, but um, as a, thank you for all your help and mentoring. Um, I didn't have a coach right away when I started. That's why I made so many mistakes. And it took me three years to buy seven units. Um, I wasn't smart enough to realize that I could, I could keep reading books, but I could pay for a coach. Um, it doesn't even cost money to do business with you guys. You guys are a coach that, uh, that can really help. And if you are in real estate, and I have a lot of people in my circle in real estate, one of the things that makes so much sense, I, I get this question, especially now, because I mean, if you're, and especially if you're not a, a beginner in real estate, and, and if you are, that's okay too. But like, I, I was struggling with a problem a lot of people struggle with in real estate is you need large sums of money liquid to be able to invest. Like I, uh, in Q1, I bought uh, 350 units and $31 million worth of real, real estate. Really good quarter. Yeah. To do that, you have to have money liquid. And even this year, I'm planning, um, uh, anybody in real estate, you have to have money set aside for capital improvements. So yeah. I'm spending 2.2 million on capital improvements on my properties. Now you don't use 2.2 million in a month, use it in the course of a year. And in fact, I usually keep a capital improvement budget for five years. So one of the things I love about what you do is if you are in real estate, this understanding more, I know we don't have time for this today, but like, I, I, I just want to give you guys a big shout out because understanding the infinite banking system, understanding how to put your money in a tool that's not sitting in a bank. Uh, a lot of real estate investors know that, but obviously real estate is uh, a very, uh, consumes a lot of money. And I, I get this a lot. So for, for I, I know I'll get a lot of my circle that's going to listen to this. I would highly recommend you reach out to these guys because uh, we didn't brush on it too much. But if you have money that's sitting, waiting for that next deal, if you have money that's sitting in reserves because uh, that's a smart thing to do. And especially if you have money that's sitting in a capital repair budget, just I mean, if you're like me, it just kills me. It just absolutely kills me. So I've been dying to learn about something of how I can still have my, still have the ability to access that capital when I need it, but I can actually put it to work faster than what I was doing in a bank. Uh, we talked about banks enough uh, today, but you can become your own banker. And there's a reason why every major city, the biggest building is a bank or an insurance company, right? That's right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate all your help, man. Um, yeah. I'm excited uh, to be able to put my money a little bit more to work. Well, you know what, uh, Logan, you said some uh, thank Yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, Logan is a true go-giver, man. I love uh, the foundation stuff. I love the stuff you're talking about doing for kids and everything. And so, you know, uh, I, I think that, you know, and I think we probably need to do part two of this here in a, in, in a couple of months or something and just revisit some of this and expand on it. But when you're doing it for the right reasons, when you are trying to, you know, money gives you choices, choices give you freedom. You know, you have to go after the freedom. But when you're trying to teach other people to go after the freedom, then the money is going to flow in and you don't really have to worry about that. It's because you're doing it for the right reasons. And um, and I commend you on that. Um, and, and for everybody in the audience that hasn't read The Go-Giver, you got to read The Go-Giver. It's one of the top 
books and it's a great read it's fun um but uh you know logan thank you so, so much and i'll tell you what when you can hire a coach because i would guess that logan's not gonna have time to coach people maybe a few years from now i'm telling you get in now so go to loganranking.com okay we're gonna post that at the bottom and a, a link and everything and um and so, you know, Logan, thank you so much, man. That's been fun. I, I, I got to cut it off or, or, or they tell me I should only go 25 minutes. I know we've got a lot longer than that because, and I, and I doubt anybody's turning this off. So uh, the, the podcast experts um, will, will, will buck that trend, but I could talk to you about this for hours because it's just, it's fun and it's, and it's, and I'm motivated. I'm going to go play golf, probably get a hole in one. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the show and and audience this is the kind of stuff listen to this over and over again go to logan's facebook site uh facebook page and go to his website and just educate yourself you can do it too and everybody that's done it wants you to do it too that's how you break away until next time i'm jim oliver thank you so much logan we'll see you next time Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.